pastor. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord, right? Praise the Lord. What a beautiful, beautiful time of worship today together in the Lord. Amen. Um, real quick before we get into scripture, um, I'm having a pool party at my house today. It rained a couple weeks ago, so if anybody wants to come this afternoon, 2 to 6, uh, you can find my address on Facebook. And if you're not on Facebook, you can talk to me right after, right after church. But 2 to 6, an open pool party if you want to come and uh, take a dip, as they say, this afternoon. We invite you. We welcome you. Amen. Um, we're con concluding our series this morning on great stories of the Bible, our summer story series. And today we're going to talk about what's commonly known as Jesus feeding the 5,000 with the loaves and fishes. And we're going to take a look at that story this morning. And then next week we're going to start our fall emphasis. As you see from the banners, our theme this year has been the year of visible transformation. And as we start to go back to school, starting next week, we're going to go back to the basics. Back to the basics of visible transformation. And we're going to talk about those simple, basic, spiritual practices that allow the presence of God to transform us in our lives. So we're really looking forward to focusing on that this fall. And again, I also want to welcome you and thank you for choosing to be here this morning. Um, let's read together the Word of God, shall we? This is from Mark chapter 6 and beginning in verse 30. It says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going, that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, That would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have, he asked. Go and see. And when they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. And so they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up into heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. And then he gave it to them and to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all, and they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve baskets full of broken pieces of bread and fish. And the number of men who had eaten was five thousand. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word, which is always alive and powerful. Lord, we thank you for your spirit that is here among us. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that we can be encouraged by not only what you said and did, but the things you taught and even your life here among us right now, God. So we ask, Jesus Christ, that we would experience the power of your presence and that you would speak to each and every one of us. For we pray these things in your name. Amen. So we notice right in the beginning of this story that the disciples have been busy. And in fact, they've been so busy that they haven't even had time to eat. And I'm wondering, does anybody here know what that feels like? Do you ever get a little bit hangry 
in your life. Is there anybody that gets a little bit hangry? Do you know what I'm talking about? Hangry, hangry, you know what that means, right? Now, sometimes I get accused of being hangry. I don't know if that's true or not, but there are times. How are we doing, Tristan? Can you bring that up? Come on, bring up my picture. There you go. This is how I feel sometimes. I am not hangry, I like to say to people, right? But you know what it's like when you haven't had something to eat, right? Right? And probably you're sitting next to someone that you know what it's like when they haven't had enough to eat, right? And I remember even when you're tired and you haven't slept, right, I'd get into arguments with my mom and my mom would be like, why don't you just go take a nap? And I'd be like, what? What are you talking about? But then I'd go into my room all mad and I'd put my head down on the pillow and you know what happened. I'm out. Then I'd wake up later and I'm like, you know what? I feel a little better. <laughs> I feel a little better. I think I can have this conversation right now. And sometimes it's just like that. And I love how even in this story, the disciples have been busy. They've been having a lot going on in their life. They were out ministering two by two in villages all over. And they were preaching the kingdom of God. And they were healing the sick. And, and, and they were driving out demons. And they were sharing with Jesus everything that they had done. And people were still coming and going, coming and going, coming and going. And they didn't even have time to eat. Isn't that a great way to start this story? This story about Jesus feeding over 5,000 people with loaves and fishes. And it begins with the disciples like hungry, maybe a little hangry. See, I think Jesus knew that. He's like, I'm about to do this miracle, but let's hold up a minute. You guys haven't had anything to eat, <laughs> so you may not have the best attitude towards the people. So let's go by ourselves. Let's get in the boat. Let's take a little time away by ourselves to a quiet place. You know, and it's a good principle, really, that we should follow. And, and I love how the story before the miracle begins here, that we need to take care of ourselves. We need to spend time with Jesus before we can really engage in some of the great things that God has for us to do. There's a great little anacronym from the recovery community. It's called HALT. You're supposed to HALT, right, and stop when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, right? So bring that one up, Tristan. When you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, you should just stop. It's a really good principle because a lot of bad decisions are made. When you're hungry. A lot, of, a lot of things you might text when you're lonely are not things you should be texting, right? Maybe when you're too tired to deal with something, you should just acknowledge that and say, you know what? I'm too tired to deal with it. You know, and, and the anger, I'm not talking about the kind of anger that can motivate us towards justice. I'm talking about that anger where your emotions are just so high that you just need to breathe, right? Just breathe, just take a minute. And we know that a lot of bad decisions, a lot of things are made when we're hungry, we're angry, we're lonely, or we're tired. So it's important that we just stop sometimes and remember that. And I love this intro to the sermon, but I'm not going to dwell too long in this spot. Because next week as we begin our Back to Basics series on what it means to be visibly transformed, we're going to talk about this idea of Sabbath, about taking a day a week to rest you know, to, be, to hear that call of Jesus, come with me by yourselves to a solitary place. Let's spend some time together. Let's rest. Let's refresh. And that's what Jesus knew the disciples needed to do before the next thing was about to happen. So go ahead and go to the next slide, Tristan. So we have today um, very three basic points, three very simple, very basic points, all right? And they are this. We are the plan. We have something to give. God provides and multiplies, okay? So number one. When they, get up, when they get over there, all these people are there. Jesus has compassion on them. He begins teaching. He teaches a long time. It's late in the day. Hallelujah. Whenever you think myself is preaching too long, just be glad I'm not preaching till sundown, all right, on Sunday. I mean, we know that Jesus could preach. And Jesus was preaching. And the disciples come to him with a situation. They said, Jesus, we have a situation. 
Here they are thinking about getting hungry again. He's like, you thought we were bad hangry. you got a whole bunch of people that are going to be hangry in a minute because there is no grocery store nearby. It's going to be a long, you need to let these people go, Jesus, right? They basically came to Jesus, don't you love this, the Son of God, and said, cut it short, Jesus. You're preaching too long. These people need to get something to eat, you know. So you need, here's the plan, Jesus. Here's the plan. You need to send them away so they have time to go and get what they need, you know. And then we'll get together and we'll, we'll have our little meal. You know, we'll go out fishing or whatever. But that's the plan, Jesus. And Jesus flips it on them, doesn't he? The first thing he says to them is, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. They came with what they thought was the plan. And Jesus said, no, no, you're the plan. You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. And it's amazing to me. It's absolutely amazing to me that we are God's plan, right? God wants to do a miracle. God's about to do a miracle. But he often does it right through us. He does it through us. He says, I'm choosing you to do this. You know, Jesus has a plan to bring nourishment, not just physical nourishment, but God has a plan to bring spiritual nourishment to people. And his plan is you. And you're going to do it. Remember last week we talked about what is God's plan. And the first thing I put up is feed the hungry. Jesus is showing by example what he taught, this is my plan. People need food. You're going to feed them. Physically and spiritually, you're going to nourish them. You are the plan. It's kind of ludicrous in my mind <laughs> that God wants to bring healing. God wants to bring deliverance. God wants to bring restoration. God wants to announce the love of God for everyone. God wants to bring the kingdom of God to this earth, and he's going to do it through you. What? Yes, you're the plan. You're going to bring the kingdom. You're going to declare that the kingdom of Satan is defeated. You are going to bring light to the darkness. You are going to herald the good news that God loves everyone through Jesus Christ. I mean, you would think that, that if God was going to use something, it might look a little better than this, <laughs> right? The Bible says we have God's treasure in jars of clay. You know, you would think that if you're going to have the treasure of God, you would put it in a gold or silver vessel, right? You, you, you wouldn't put it in this old jar of clay. And what is the treasure of God? It's the very presence of the living God, the Shekinah glory of God, all of the power of Almighty God he places inside of this, that, Yes, because God says, I am pleased to do this through not people that are perfect, but people that are broken. I choose to do this, not through the wise, but through those who the world thinks are foolish. Not through the strong, but for those who are weak. Not through the ones that have everything, but through the ones that have nothing. You know, everybody can get in on it, but God deposits his treasure into those that we least likely expect to carry the presence of God. That's why God says, be on the lookout. Always welcome strangers because you don't know when the God is hiding in that person where you're going to encounter the presence of God in someone that you meet. And we carry that presence of God with us. We are the plan. You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. Jesus said, feed my sheep. And he said, you are going to continue on my plan. You give them something to eat. We are the plan. You want to know what God's plan is? We are the plan. As crazy as it sounds, he's entrusted this whole worldwide restoration project to ordinary women and men who are willing to follow what God tells them to do. 
And of course, the disciples, they, they kind of react to that, don't they? They're, they're saying, uh, well, wait a minute, Jesus. <laughs> you know, you want us to buy food for all of these people? Like, we counted, and there's like 5,000 men, and we didn't even have time to count the women and children. Did you notice that? There's 5,000 men. But if there's also women and children, we know that it could have been 10,000 people or even 15,000 people. Anybody tried to shop and cook for 15,000 people? I mean, I mean, that's a chore, isn't it, right? And those 12 disciples are going, now, wait a minute, Jesus. You know, we ain't got it like that. We don't have that kind of money, you know. We're not going to go out and buy food for all of these people. What are you talking about? And Jesus comes to his next point, and he says, well, how many loaves of bread do you have go and see what do you have go and see and of course they go and, and in another version of the gospel in another story it says it was a little boy that had five loaves and two fishes right and they come back to Jesus and they say this is what we got we got five loaves of bread and we found a couple fish and that's what they have and the second point is this we all have something to give you see in the beginning they didn't they didn't think they had anything to give they wanted Jesus to send them away so they could do it themselves because we don't got anything to give to them. We don't have it like that. But Jesus says, yes, you do. Go and see what you have. And my second point is not only are you God's plan to bring life and nourishment and healing to the world, but you also have something to give. Everybody has something to give. It may not be much, but watch what God can do with it. It may not be much, but watch what God can do with it. We all have three things. We talk about it in the church all the time. We all have time, we all have talent, and we all have treasure. And it may not be much, but we have something to give. Think about our time that we can give to God. Most people will say, I got no time, right? Everybody's busy, right? Nobody has any time because their life is so full, it's so busy. I have no time. I have no time, Lord. I have no time at all to give to you. And I believe Jesus is saying to us this morning, really? Every morning you wake up, I give you another 24 hours. Are you telling me that every single 24 hours that I've just given you is already full? I, see, Jesus is not concerned with what we don't have. He says, bring me what you do have. Do you have 30 minutes a day? Do you have 20 minutes a day? Do you have an hour? Bring it to Jesus and watch what he's going to do. Watch what he's going to do. I'm not laying some kind of heavy thing on you saying you got to spend more time with God. I'm just saying give him what you got and watch what he does with it. Watch what he does. He gives you seven days every week. Are you telling me every seven days is packed to the and you have nothing to give to God? Well, to come next week and we'll talk about that when we talk about the seventh day and the Sabbath rest, right? And here's the thing. We don't even know how much time we have. It's not even a guarantee, is it? All those plans that you have, you may not get the opportunity to do all of those things. Because every breath, every minute, every day is a gift from Almighty God. And the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. And God says, what can you give me? What can you give me? Can you give me five minutes? Watch what God can do with five minutes. I'm just telling you right now, I believe it in the spirit. Spend five minutes a day with God and he, you're going to watch what he's going to do, right? So we have time. We have talent, right? Every one of you has a gift. Every one of you has a gift. You may think, oh, I don't have anything. I don't know how to do anything. Yes, you do. You have something. What do you have? What do you have? You have a gift that God can use. And God wants us to use his gifts. He wants us to bring it to him, again, so that we can be a blessing to other people. A blessing to other people. What do you have, you know, that you can give to God? What is your talent? So many people give in so many ways. But God is calling all of us, bring what you have and watch what I do with it. 
Bring what you have and watch what I do with it. You just can do this. You can do that. All right, why don't you bring it to me and watch what I can do with that. I praise God so much, and especially today, for the people that bring their musical gifts. And, oh, the Lord touched me this morning. I praise God. I praise God. People, people just come and I can just set up something or I can help clean up or I can just be there. You know, sometimes the best ability is availability. Amen. I mean, that's what we're really lacking. The only ability you really need is availability. All right. And if you just have that and you just bring it to God, watch what God can do with it. Watch what God can do with your gifts when you just say, I'm doing this for you, God. Watch it multiply what you're doing. And not just in the church, but the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. You know, the whole world is your church, church. You know, it doesn't matter where you're doing it. If you're out doing your gift somewhere in a club in New York City late at night, God's going to bless that. Watch. When you dedicate that to God, watch what he's going to do. Watch what he's going to do to bless people, to bring life to people. We are God's plan to bring life to the world. We all have something to give. And the last part we have to give is our treasure, right? And again, people will say, well, I don't have any money. You know, I don't have anything to give. And I believe that God says, yes, you do. It may not be much, but you all have something to give. You, it may not be much. You may not have much money. And it may be slipping away every day. But you have something. You have something that you can give. Watch this. There was a story in the Gospels where, the, where Jesus and the disciples were in the temple. And they were watching people come and put their offering into the collection place, right? And all of these rich people in nice clothes were coming in and putting all of this money in. And then an old lady, a widow, comes up and she takes out two small copper coins from her purse. And they're worth less than a cent. And she puts those two coins into the offering. And Jesus says, yo, disciples, look at that. Yo, check this out, disciples. Look, look. Look at her. She gave more than everybody else because she gave all that she had. She didn't have much, but she gave it to God. And Jesus got excited about that. Jesus liked that. On her status, Jesus put a thumbs up, right? He put a heart on that, right? He said, I like that. I mean, don't you want to know what God gets excited about? I mean, if Jesus gets excited about something, don't you want to know what that is? Don't you want to get excited with them? And Jesus is like, that? you got to pay attention to that. He's like, I'm reposting that. I'm sharing that. I'm sending that out on text to all of my friends. Disciples, look. She didn't have much, but she gave what she had. And watch what God can do with it. When I was a little kid in church, sometimes I'd bring my coins for the offering, right? And, and I would have just a few little coins, and I'd put them in the offering. And I always thought of this story of, of multiplying the loaves and fishes. And I would say, God, would you bless and multiply this money? Because it's not much, but it's what I have to bring, right? And in my childlike faith, I actually believed by the, by the time the offering got to the place where people counted it, that the coins would like <laughs> magically multiply. Like there'd be a whole bunch of coins. And I can imagine all the people back there counting and having to stack all the coins because they had multiplied. That's what I believed. And today, I still believe it. Not that literally it's a magic trick, but I do believe that somehow, some way, God multiplies everything that I give to him. Because that's the final point, right? God provides and God multiplies. God provides and God multiplies. And he wants to do it through us, not with what we don't have, but what we do have. Right? Right? Are you with me? Is anybody with me on that? God provides and multiplies, and he does it through you, not with what you don't have, but with what you do have. Because in the story, what does Jesus do? He takes the bread and the fish that's been given to him. 
And he looks up to heaven, and he gives thanks, and he breaks the bread, and he gives it to the disciples, to you, to give to the people. And they pass it out. And there's so much left over that each apostle has a basket full of bread and fish. How many baskets were left over? Twelve, right? Say it again. How many baskets were left over? How many disciples were there? You know what Jesus is saying? I'm not only going to provide for 15,000 plus people, I'm going to provide for you. Because when you give to God, he will give it back to you. I just know it. He will not, not provide for you. That was a weird way of saying that. But he will provide for you when you provide for others through his blessing, through his multiplication. I love that. I love that. I, I bet they're all standing there with this basket, you know. Remember, just a few minutes ago, they didn't know how they were going to do it. They said, we don't have any money. You need to send these people away. All we got is five loaves and two fishes. And imagine each of the disciples standing there with this basket full of bread and fish. You know, e each and every one of them. Each and every one of them. Yeah, yeah you've got enough too. In fact, not only do you have enough, <laughs> you have more than enough. Because see, when God provides and multiplies, he does in abundance. Amen? In abundance. And people are tempted to think God doesn't do that because you just want that big basket like today. You're like, okay, Pastor, I'm going to go home and pray, and there better be like a bag of money at my door. You know, like I want it today, right? But check this, check this. When Jesus provided bread for his people in the wilderness, he provided just enough for every day, and he did it for 40 years. Your basket overflowing is coming. But it may take 40 years. That's all right. He's going to provide for you every day. Every day, right? God's blessings come in, in different times, but they come. His provision comes sometimes like this, sometimes like this, but it comes. It comes every day, and you've got to trust in it. You've got to trust in it. Today I got five loaves. Tomorrow I may get 30 loaves. The next day I may have two loaves. But every day I've got my daily bread because my Lord provides and my Lord multiplies. And I bring what I have, not what you don't have. Not what you don't have. Bring what you have to God. Now watch what he does with it. Watch how he blesses and multiplies it. Amen. You know, this story to the earliest Christians, what we call the early church, the people that right after Jesus went back up into heaven started to gather, they saw this story as relating to their celebration of communion, which we have this morning. So Tristan, if you can go to that picture. This is a picture from the catacombs, the underground places where the Christians used to meet. And this is one of the earliest Christian art pieces, and it shows a fish in the loaves. And for them, that was the symbol of the table, of communion, of the Lord's Supper, what we call the Eucharist. Anybody ever heard it called the Eucharist? Eucharist means good gift. It's the good gift of God. And they saw in this story, right, in the story of Jesus taking the bread and breaking it and giving it to the people, they saw what Jesus did, right, in the Last Supper. On the night he was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread, and he broke it, and he gave it to them, and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And then he took the cup in the same way after dinner, and he said, this cup is the new covenant. I want you to drink it and remember that my blood sets you free and forgives your sins and gives you life. And they saw in that, that in, in this story that Jesus said, he took the bread, he broke it. And then Jesus said, I am the bread of heaven. And he allowed himself to be broken. And there's enough Jesus for everyone with 12 baskets left over and more. <laughs> there's enough Jesus for everyone because his sacrifice is sufficient. It's multiplied every day. 
Today, Jesus' sacrifice is being multiplied if you receive Jesus into your heart and receive his forgiveness. The body is being multiplied. And who is the body of Christ today? We are. We're the plan, right? We're the body of Christ. We're the hands and feet of God. God is going to continue to do this amazing work of nourishing, of blessing, of healing, of deliverance through us. Blessing and multiplying when we bring our time, our talents, and our treasures to God. He's going to do it as sure as the sun rises and sets every day until God says otherwise. I promise you, he will take what you bring to him and he will bless it and he will multiply it. And you will not lack because the Lord will provide somehow, some way for you. Jesus also said that humans don't live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He said you need to eat to live physically. You need to feed on God's word to live spiritually. You need to feed on the presence of Christ. So in this celebration, it's a reenactment of that. Where we say this is the body and blood of Christ, we take it into ourselves to remember that we need the life of Christ. We need spiritual nourishment. We need the word of God in our lives. And God provides that for us as well. And I'm praying today that God would multiply it even through you to the rest of the world. You know, it's an interesting thing thinking about us being the body of Christ. Because Christ said, my body is broken so that you might have healing and life. And I'm thinking if we are the body of Christ, how are we willing to be broken so that others may live? How are we willing to pour out our life so that others might have life? Are we waiting on the miracle of God? Are we waiting on the miracles of God? God says, I'm about to do some miracles. And I'm about to do it through you. And the miracle is going to be, I'm going to use what you have, not what you don't have. And watch what I do with it. (laughs) Just watch what I do with it. And you'll see the miracle of blessing. The miracles of provision. The miracles of multiplication. So we come today to this table. Not because we have it all together, but because we actually don't. (laughs) Not because we want to, you know, feel good about ourselves, but because we want to say, God, we need you. We need you in our lives. We don't come to this table to make a statement but we come to receive grace from God. This table is open. It's an invitation to anyone and everyone that would receive Jesus Christ to come and to participate in this. You don't have to be a member of a church. You don't have to fill out a checklist. You just simply need to have given your life to Jesus Christ. And you're invited to come and to take a piece of bread and to take a cup and to remember that Jesus' body and blood is for you. His life is for you. And to receive that nourishment that God wants to give you today. Shall we pray? Let's take a minute first of all, and I just want to give us an opportunity to confess our sins before God. Lord God, we confess that we have sinned against you in our thoughts and in our words and in our deeds. Lord, we've sinned by some things we've done and some things we've left undone. We haven't loved you with our whole heart, and we haven't loved others as ourselves. So we pray for your forgiveness, for your grace, and for your healing. And I invite you to silently just confess your sins before the Lord.
Word of God says that if we confess our sins, Jesus Christ is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins. And so know today that you are forgiven because of Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Amen. I'm going to invite the servers to come forward. And I'm going to invite you in just a minute to come and take a piece of bread and one of the cups and to partake of the presence of Christ. And as you do, I invite you to listen for God to speak to you, to listen for the voice and the Spirit of God in your life. And then also afterwards, if you would like to pray, I'm going to have Pastor Rosalie on one side, myself on the other, and we'll offer prayer and anointing if you would like that this morning. But as you are ready, as the Lord leads you, please come and receive the Lord's presence today. Amen.